It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Say, Lord, have your way in me. Say, speak to me clearly today. In Jesus' name. Lift your Bibles. Let's go. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, speak to us now. Do what you do when you do when you do how you do it because you do it so well. Speak to us with strength today. Speak to us with clarity today. Speak to us with power today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody holler amen on the count of three. One, two, three. So listen, guys, we're starting this new series today in this building and online called Living Large. What does it mean to live large? It means to live wealthy and successful. Now stop. When you hear wealth, you might get caught up in cash, cars, and clothes. But I need you to know your God is bigger than material things. Let's start. Your God is bigger than just getting you a new job. Your God is bigger than just getting you some fresh clothes. Your God is bigger than just getting you a nice automobile. I need you to know that we serve a God that cares way more about who we are versus what we have. Which means when he wants us to live large, it's not just about what we have. It's about how we live. Touch somebody next to you and say it's about how you live. So you can have a lot of money but still live small because you beat other people down to feel better about yourself. You can have a lot of money but still live small because you got to pull other people down so that you feel like there's something valuable about you. You can have a large home but still live small because you think that your house determines your value. Let's go. You can have a big automobile but still live small because you think that automobile makes you. But I need you to know you sit next to somebody, watch me, with money doesn't make them. Let's talk. You sit next to somebody with cash, cars, and clothes. That's nice, but it doesn't make them. Because I think there's a few people in the room that found out there's some stuff money can't get you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me right there. See, money can get you a lawyer, but favor will get you justice. Money can buy you a doctor, but favor will get you help. Money can buy you friends, but favor will get you some rotted lives. I need you to know that living large ain't just what you have. It's how you live. Somebody say, how am I living? How am I living? 
So wealth there is this biblical word shalom that we say a lot around harvest. People are saying it now everywhere. It's the biblical word shalom. It, it's the word that translates into peace, but it means this. Nothing missing. Say it. Nothing. Say nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. So to live large means the way I live is that I live knowing nothing is missing. Stop. If you feel empty, it's because you're not living large. And you're not living large because you think you need something that you don't. Could it be that, watch this, your scarcity is actually a blessing? Let's go. Could it be, watch me, that your limitation is trying to spawn your innovation? Could it be there's some stuff God didn't give you to see if you get creative to figure out another way to get it done? I need you to know you sit next to somebody that's getting ready to be bold and creative this year. They're getting ready to be strong and courageous this year. Which means, watch me, nothing is missing. Which means everything I need, I already have. It might be a phone call away, but I already got it. It might be a prayer away, but I already got it. It might be one seat away, but I already got it. Somebody holler, I already got it. I need you to catch that because some of you are saying, well, Bishop Foreman, no, you don't understand. There are some things missing in my life. No, it's not. You need to understand you serve the God that all the earth is his and all the silver and the gold. You serve a God that has no lack, which means all, watch me, it may be a prayer away, but I still got what I need. You're not listening to me. It might be one seed away, but I still have what I need. It might be one act of forgiveness away, but I still have what I need. There's nothing that I need that I do not have or already have access to. I need you to release this over your life. Say, I am shalom. I am shalom. Say, there's nothing missing. Say, there's nothing broken. Well, somebody said, well, Bishop, no, I got a broken marriage. I got broken kids. I got a broke toe. I got a broke fingernail. Let me help you because you need some help. It might be broken now, but that's only because God wanted you to be the one to fix it. Which means if it looks broken, watch me, that's only what the way it looks at my first glance. But I've got to use the power I already got so I can take what's broken and I can make it whole again. Touch somebody next to you and say, if it's broken, you call, you're supposed to fix it. Pick another neighbor that can praise God with you when you tell them something good like that. Tell them, say, if it's broken, you're supposed to fix it. Which means, just because it's broken, I ain't scared. I ain't never scared. Because if it's broken, I've been sent to fix it. If there's a problem, I've been sent to solve it. If there's an issue, I've been sent to get it together. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. Somebody said, well, Bishop, no, there is lack. Listen to me. Lack is whack. And I need you to hear me. If there's lack, then watch me. Let me tell you how you fix that. Your increase comes through your release. Come on, be a good church. Your increase comes through your release, which means whatever I need, look at me, whatever I lack, if I lack it, it's because there's something I haven't released. So some of you say, I have no friends because you haven't released friendliness. You're mean, nasty, and you gossip. Shut your doggone mouth today. It's a figure of speech, not literally. Watch me. Some of you say, Bishop, but, but money is lacking. That's because you don't tithe. I'll tell you why you don't have nothing. It's because you come in here and tip God, and God ain't no waiter. Touch somebody next to you and say, there is no lack in your life that you can't fix it quickly. 
I challenge some of y'all, this is going to have to be the month where your giving goes to a whole another level. Why? Because if there's any lack, that means there's something in my hand that I need to release so I can see some increase. Everybody put both of your hands in the air and say, there is no lack that I can't fix quickly. Release a praise right there. Go, 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 go. You sit next to somebody about to be out of debt by the end of this year. How would you praise him if you didn't have one bill? How would you praise him if you weren't worried about money? I'm going to give you a chance. Let's see how you would act. One, two, three. That's all you got, 1115? That's all you got? How would you praise him if you were the lender, not the borrower? How would you praise him if your credit went to a level you never thought it could go to? And I need you to release this over your life. Say, it's getting ready to happen. Say it again. Say, it's getting ready to happen. All right, watch me, watch me, watch me. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Go with me. All is well. Go with me. All is well. Here's what you're saying. But, Bishop, there's some stuff that's not well. There's some stuff. That it's not well. Matter of fact, it's got me worried. And that too is your issue. Because the Bible said, cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. If he never sleeps nor slumbers, I'd like to know what you think you finna fix staying up all night. You ain't hearing me. I learned how to take a nap. Ooh, would you touch your neighbor next to you? Say, I learned how to lay down and go to sleep. It ain't because I'm denying that there's something that needs attention. I'm just denying that I got the power to fix it. But I believe in a God. I believe in a God that's got the power to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. So if he ain't going to sleep, I am. Some of y'all sitting up all night worried about a relationship. Take your tail to bed. You're sitting up all night worried about how you're going to pay your bills because it's the first of the month. If you're a faithful giver, you better watch your God make a way out of nowhere. Somebody open your mouth and give him glory for five seconds. Go. Four. Three. Two. One. Some of y'all ain't sitting on no praise and roll, so I'm going to need you to make a decision right now what it's going to be. I need you not to let somebody else's silence shut you down. When you begin to praise him, you send ambushes against your enemy. When you begin to worship him, God says, I can see you. There's a man in the Bible, his name was Blind Bartimaeus, and Bartimaeus was sitting there making noise because he wanted to see. And everybody else kept saying to Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, shut up, you too loud. And Bartimaeus said, you ain't got my problem, so you don't understand my praise. You can see so you don't understand why I'm hollering. You ain't dealing with what I'm dealing with so you don't understand why I'm praising. So I'm going to give everybody in this building one more chance to get it together. On the count of three, release our praise. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. You just got to make sure you sit next to a praiser. You got to make sure you sit next to somebody that when you shout, they shout back. You got to make sure you sit next to somebody that want to see God do the incredible. You got to make sure you sit next to somebody that expects miracles and signs and wonders. Look at somebody next to you and say, what are you expecting? 
Your silence ain't going to shut me down. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And they kept telling Bartimaeus, you're too loud, you're too loud, you're too loud. And Bartimaeus started hollering even louder. And the louder he got, Jesus said, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? I need you to release this. Say, Jesus coming, Jesus coming. The louder you get, it draws a tick. Bartimaeus said, you can see, so you don't understand why I'm shouting. But somebody, watch me, somebody, oh, I just heard something. Somebody, you need something to be fixed by 12 noon tomorrow. And I don't know who you are, if you're in this building or you're on that computer. But wherever you are at, God says your worship is going to seal that thing. Whoever that is, where you need something fixed by 12 noon tomorrow, I need you to release a praise right there. Somebody say, only God can do it. Say it again. Say, only God can do it. So let's move. Let's move. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. Which means, watch this. When it's not well, it makes you worry, which means you need to give it to God so God can make it well. When you give it to God, I'm not denying that there's a problem. I'm just inviting him to give me a solution. So when I pray, I get a plan. Then I pray the plan. Then I, then I work the plan. So prayer is not an excuse not to act. Prayer just tells me how to act. See, because some of you grew up in church and all you would do is pray, but you wouldn't do nothing after you pray. Some of you grew up with the Lord and all you did is worship, but you wouldn't do nothing after you worship. I need you to know you're sitting next to somebody that's not just a hearer. Let's talk. You're sitting next to somebody that's a doer of the word. Somebody open your mouth and say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. So listen, listen, listen. I want to give you 12 verses. I want to give you 12 verses. How many verses? 12. I'm going to give you 12 verses that's going to explain this series from the book of Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah is a prophet. A prophet means he speaks to the people on behalf of God. He's God's mouthpiece. Now, what's interesting about Isaiah 54, 11, 15, is that Isaiah 54 has nothing to do with Isaiah 53, which is interesting because the Bible most often, especially for the prophets, is presented in chronological order. One. That's not what happens in Isaiah. One, watch what Isaiah does in chapter 54. One, 74. Uh-uh, you missed it. In other words, this is a chapter that means, watch me, there's, God says, I no longer want to have the previous conversation. I want to start something brand new. Let's go. This is a chapter where God says, I want to make all things new. 54 has nothing to do with 53. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Watch me. The limits you had in your last chapter will not be the limits you have in this chapter. The issues you dealt with in your last chapter are not going to be the issues you deal with in this chapter. I need you to hear me. Open your mouth and release this. Say, he's making all things new. Now, I don't think you get it. It was not customary for them to just randomly throw in and interject things, especially the prophets, because they were supposed to be strategic in how they gave direction. So he goes from 53, which has nothing to do with 54, and 55 has nothing to do with 54, which means there's something special about this chapter. Somebody said there's something special about it. So watch me, watch me. It speaks to the year we're in, all things new. Why is this so important for you to get in your mind and to settle yourself with it? Because this is not a year of new beginnings. New beginnings uh, is the biblical number eight. So whenever you think of a new beginning, think of the number eight. But eight, even when you look at a figure eight, it intersects with something that was. So although it's a new beginning, it still has connectivity to what was. 
Zero is all things new, 2020. All things new. So zero has no connectivity to what was. Zero just means he's going to make it brand new. So the reason Isaiah 54 is a chapter you and I have to gravitate towards is because it literally is a chapter that uh, illustrates what it is God's ready to do in your life. He said, I don't really care what happened in February. I ain't got no faith in this room. I don't care what happened in 19. I don't care what happened in 18, 17, 12, none of that. I don't care what happened last night. Matter of fact, God says, listen, I, I need you to realize you're living in a year that a man created with his words. Joshua created a leap year with his words. Yesterday, you and I got to experience another man's faith. Come on, y'all. Yesterday, you got to literally walk in a day that a man thousands of years ago opened up his mouth and declared and he made it happen. There's going to be some people that are going to be living in your faith this year, which means you're about to speak some stuff and you're going to see some stuff. You're about to declare some stuff and you're about to walk in some stuff. Shout all things new. So Jesus in this chapter, or excuse me, Isaiah in this chapter uses the imagery of a barren widow. A widow means you were once a wife to represent his people post-Jesus, which means this is a chapter speaking to us. Isaiah prophesied one about contemporary issues. One, that means things that were happening during his time. The second thing Isaiah prophesied about mo most was Jesus and his coming. That's why, watch this, in Isaiah, you discover he's talking about the Lord and with his stripes we are healed and, and, and all of that. And in Isaiah 54, we see him beginning to prophesy something new post-Jesus, which means when I give my life to Jesus, Isaiah 54 applies to me. So I need, I, I need you to say this. Say, this applies to me. Let's jump right in. Isaiah 54 and 1. Sing, O barren one, who did not bear. Here it is. He's giving an instruction. And I need you to hear me, 1115. Your success is going to come through your obedience this year. You do not have time to think about doing what you were told. You just got to get it done. Would you, would you just lay your hands on yourself say, stop thinking, start doing because here's the problem. You will outthink yourself and you will overthink to the point to where you do not follow the instruction. Because when you first hear it, you're going to be like, ooh, that's big. I'm going to do that. And God says, listen, I need you to quickly obey before you think yourself out of doing it. Can we talk for a moment? There's people on your road where you have literally thought yourself out of doing what it was that you knew you were supposed to do. And then you got mad that you didn't get what you wanted, but you didn't do what you were supposed to. But I need you to know you sit next to somebody that's about to walk this thing out. You all ain't saying that. South side walking out. North side walking out. East side walking out. West side walk. 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 Touch your I'm about to walk it out this year. I'm about to walk it out this year. I'm about to walk it out this year. He says, single bearing one who did not bear. That's an instruction. That's a command. That's a directive. He says, I want to hear a new song from you. What's a song? It is words put to music. Which means, watch me, he says, I need you to get the word in you, and then watch me, he says, I need you to keep a praise with you. Uh-uh, you missed it. I need you to keep the word, and I need you to keep some worship. I need you to get, watch this, poetry, and I need you to keep a praise. Somebody say, I'm about to sing. Why am I singing? You only need music when you're about to have a party. I need you to release this over your road. Say, we know how to party. We know. Let's be honest. How many of y'all used to do house parties? Let's talk. How many of y'all used to do clubs? Let's talk. Let's talk. Here's the deal. When you heard your jam, you may have been standing over here not doing nothing, but let them play the right song. Wait a minute. This is going to be the year where you coming from the side. And God says, baby, I got a new song for you. 
And you're going to have to tell everybody, wait a minute. Shake your neighbor's arm like you're going to shake it off. Say, wait a minute. Say, I'm about to celebrate. Let me give you a chance at 11.15 to do it in advance. You ready? I said, are you ready? Can I get everybody in the building to stand on your feet? Because this is going to be a year of celebration for you. This is going to be a year to party for you. Somebody say, I got a new song. Say it again. Say, I got a new song. Just give God a little dance for a minute. Go, give him something. Let's go. Go. I just need you to move your body. I need you to move. If you can't dance, just get your shoulder on. If you can't dance, I need you to just move something. Declare this safe. I'm living large. You say, I'm living large. I'm living large. I'm living large. Point to somebody. You live in large. You, you live in large. You live in large. You live in large. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We live in large. We, we live in large. We live in large. We live in large. Be seated. I just needed you to get ready. I just needed you to know how to act when you get that call this week. I just needed you to know how to act when that deal finally gets signed this week. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Somebody holler, I'm living large. So listen, he says, sing, oh, barren one. See, you need some folk with you that can dance. And I don't mean they can dance because they're good at it. I just mean that they don't care what they look like. I posted something the other day, and somebody said, Bishop, you can't dance. I said, but I, I said, watch this, but I got victory, though. I said, you might not think I can dance, but my praise just shut something down for me. Y'all ain't said that. Don't be worried about how you look, because they ain't got the blessing for you. They don't have a miracle for you. They don't have a heaven to put you in, nor a hell to put you in. Say, sing, O barren one. Who did not bear. So remember, this is the imagery of his church, of his people. So fellas, even though it's talking like to a woman, it's still speaking to us because he likens his church unto a woman, watch me, that is barren, that is a widow. Now check this out. Sing, oh barren one. Say it's time for a new song. I need you to stop singing your sad song. You, you ever heard the phrase, singing the same old song? That means, oh, you know, oh, so-and-so happened. This went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. God says, I don't want to hear that this year. God says, I don't want to hear who hurt you this year. F them. Let me help you. Forgive them. Let's go. Touch your neighbor and say, forgive them, forgive them, forgive them. I don't want to hear about what they did. Forgive them. Touch your neighbor and say, let that go. go. Say, it's a new song this year. And here's the truth. Who, watch me. Who walked out couldn't sing this song no how. They didn't have the words. They didn't know what to say. They would have messed the whole song up. And let me tell you, a team that's smaller and better is better than a team that's bigger and... Sing, O barren one, who did not bear. He says, watch me. You haven't been able to produce much. When you're barren, that means you're unable to produce much. Who did not bear. He says, you're producing nothing, but that's about to change. How do you know it's about to change? Because he says, you did not. Say past tense. Say, I'm changing tenses. 
break forth. Watch, sing, that's a command. Break forth, that's an action. What does it mean to break forth? It means push past. Look at me. I rebuke the punk in you. Don't be offended. I just got to do my job. What do you mean to punk in me, Bishop? All of us, myself included, have a little punk that tries to come out every now and then. What do you mean? That when we get up on something that looks tough, watch this. Sometimes we let it push us back. But the commandment is you need to push it. Watch me. Which means this year when you feel resistance, don't you go back. I need you to. Uh-uh, y'all ain't saying it. On the count of three, I want you to act like you in the delivery room. And fellas, it's okay. Just pretend for a moment. On the count of three, I want everybody to open your mouth and holler push. One, two, three. That's what it means to break forth. It means push past the quit, push past the give up. Let me tell you how you're going to win this year and this decade. You're going to have to push past where you stopped last time. I said something to somebody the other day. I said, I, can, I, said, I recognize this resistance. This resistance is designed to get me to say, just forget it. I said, I recognize this resistance. I said, I've seen this resistance before. I said, so watch me. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to push past this. Can I please, I know you're touching your neighbor and talking to him a lot, but you need faith in your life. Why do you have us do that, Bishop? Matthew 18, 19, wherever two or three touch agreeing anything, it shall be done for them. So I know I have you doing that a lot, but please follow my instructions. Just touch them. Say, I'm going to help you push. Which means... Which means, watch me, everybody on my road, I'm going to make sure that we all make it. I'm going to make sure we all get there this year. I'm not leaving anybody behind. What does the military say? No man left behind. We're not leaving anybody behind. Holler push. Holler again. He says, break forth into singing. Notice action. 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 God says, do something. Here's what a lot of Christians get comfortable with. Talking about what you're going to do. Child, listen, I'm going to live. D- stop, just go do it. You make too many announcements and you need more actions. Some of y'all have announcements like old school church. You got an announcement clerk to tell everybody what you're going to do. And today's announcements are as follows. And then at the end of the announcements, everybody govern yourselves. Here's the deal. And didn't nobody follow. Somebody say, I'm, I'm taking more action this year. Making less announcements this year. Yeah, you're going to know I'm living because you're going to see me doing it. You're going to know I'm walking in it because you're going to see me doing it. I need you to stop trying to tell everybody what you're going to do and just start making it happen. Sing, O barren, you who did not bear. Break forth. That means push into singing and cry aloud. You who have not been in labor. He said, I want you to act like you were in labor even though you weren't. Because remember, labor here and children here is talking about productivity. It's talking about results. And if there's one thing about me that I like is results. I can't stand talk. Talk is cheap. Actions speak. Which means you can tell me all day you're with me. I'd prefer you show me. You can say all day it's going to be a great year. God says, just show me that it's going to be a good year. Release this over your life. Say, it's happening for me. You who have not been in labor for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Check this out. God says, you, watch this, nothing's been happening. There seems to be no productivity. He says, but you've seen a lot of large things happen for others, but it's not happened for you yet. Here's what this verse means. It's your turn. Mm-mm. I wish you had some faith, people. 
on your road that would say, listen, I've been watching, I've been celebrating, I've been seeing other people get their stuff, get their breakthrough, get what they pray for, but it's my Say it like you mean to say, it's my turn. It's your turn for the debt to be gone. It's your turn for your kids to be saved. You didn't pray for everybody else's. Uh-oh, just heard something. It's your turn to find somebody that appreciates you. Say, it's my turn. Uh-uh, y'all's faith is so low. I need you to be spiritual at 11.15. Can I get your faith to increase right there? No, just the voices. I need your faith to increase right there. I need you to open your mouth and then put a praise after you say it. Then put a praise after you say it. Say, it's my turn. like it's your turn act like you've been waiting for 10 years act like you've been waiting act like you've been waiting somebody holler it's my turn it's my turn Some of y'all been through so much hell, you can't even say it because you feel like it ain't going to happen. These are not Bishop Foreman's words. These are God's words. This ain't no hustle. This is what God said. On three, say it's my turn. One, two, three. He said, you're going to have more than those that were winning in 19. <laughs> Says who? The Lord, verse 2, here it is, enlarge the place of your tent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And let the curtains of your habitations be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Let's break this verse down. Two, enlarge. Say enlarge. Enlarge means, watch this, I have to expand my capacity. It means I have to expand what I can hold. And for some of you, there was something I was praying about the other day. And I said, Lord, I just, what is happening with that? I said, I'm just not quite understanding why that is happening. I said, Lord, it's, it looked like it's good, and then it just looked like, like, like just Drano was mass consumed. It looks good, then it looked like, like, what's going on? Anybody ever had that? Where it looked good, then it's like, what? It looked amazing, then it was like, what? I'm the only one that's had that happen. It looked like, oh, my God, I can finally rest because that's handled. And then the moment you thought you could rest, you woke up and figured out you better get up. Watch me. That's like a woman's contractions. Notice what he likens us to, like a woman. Watch me. He says, he says a woman's contractions work like this. When she starts having contractions, it's an indication she's about to produce something. Watch me. And can I get the ladies to testify those contractions? How do they feel? Can I get you to say one word, ladies, at, the, at one time? I shouldn't have to tell you the word. One, two, three. Some of y'all said a word with a C-H on it. I don't even know what that is. Hurts. Can, can, we, can we all say painful? Extreme pain. Eve did that to you. Take it up with her. Look. Read your Bible. God says, in pain. <laughs> He said, I bet you, I bet you ain't going to talk to him next time. Ooh, I just heard something. For some of y'all, watch me. You keep going through relationship pain because you don't listen. 
So the only way you listen is, is when it hurts you. All right, let's get back to the message. So listen, listen. When a woman's contractions, it opens up, shuts back down. That's what a contraction is. Open up, shut back down. 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 Here's what's happening, though. As it continues to open up and shut back down, it's enlarged from where it was last time. I wish you'd act like you watched Discovery Channel. Why? Because what you're about to produce, ma'am, what you were wasn't enlarged enough to produce what's about to come out of you. So you're going to have to deal with some pain where it opens up, shuts down, open up, shuts down, open up, shuts down. But what's happening in your contractions? You're being enlarged. And for some of y'all, I'm going to tell you the reason God didn't fix it is because it was working to give you contractions. The reason God didn't shut it down is because it was giving you contractions so you could be This whole section didn't say nothing. So it can be what? So God says, the only way I can enlarge you is you got, this going to hurt. Touch the neighbor, say, this going to hurt. This going to hurt. This going to hurt. And the pain, the pain about it is going to be one moment you're going to be like, oh, finally. But it ain't big enough yet. Touch your neighbor, say the contractions were designed to enlarge you. Because, baby, where you headed, you're going to have to learn how to deal with pain. You're going to have to learn how to deal with betrayal. You're going to have to learn how to deal with issues. God can't take you to mega unless you know how to handle mega pain. So some of you, your pain ain't even about the level you've been at. Your pain has been about what you're about to walk into. That's why it seemed overwhelming. It's because it was overwhelming to 19. It was overwhelming to your last decade, but for this decade, it's going to be just what you need it to be. Look, enlarge the place of your tent. Make some room. So in other words, this pain is going to enlarge you. And the reason I keep that there is so you learn how to be enlarged. For some of you, you finally thought you had some people in your life you could trust. And then this, the moment it opened up, shut back down. Because in them running their mouth, they said something that made you think. Now, what did they say? That ain't what they said last time. And you're like, God, I don't understand. I do right by people. God said, I know you do right by people. This ain't got nothing to do with them. I'm using them to enlarge you. The reason you need to forgive them is because I'm using this to enlarge you. The reason you can't be mad is because I, watch me, I use Judas to enlarge Jesus. So don't even be mad at Judas because I used him like a pawn on a chessboard to get you to bust a move. Ah, touch somebody next to you. Say, don't even be mad. Say, God was using them to enlarge you. I feel like preaching what I do here. Would you look at somebody next to you and say, neighbor. Say, don't even be mad about it. Say, don't even hold a grudge about it. Say, what they meant for evil. God was working it. Working it. Working it. Working it. For your good. 
Let's go. So let's make an announcement. Y'all ready? 1115, I feel good. Let's make an announcement to everybody that's hurt us, betrayed us, left us, left us high and dry, disappeared without a trace. Thank you to everybody that set us up, lied on us, talked about us, falsified information. Thank you. You were enlarged. Somebody say it was enlarging me. Be seated. Then he says, then he says, don't hold back. He says, don't hold back. Somebody say, don't hold back. In other words, don't play it safe because your success has you scared. When you begin to get successful, you, you get a fear you didn't have when you had no success. See, because now it's risky to take a faith move because now you're in your 50s. Now you're in your 60s. Now you're in your 70s. So you, how am I going to do this? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. See, now, now you got a kid now. Y'all ain't talking. Now, now, now you got obligations. Now you got a mortgage. Now you got stuff you're dealing with. So now you're like, how am I going to walk by faith now? This is risky. And what is God's instruction? Don't you hold back. Why would I hold back? Because I'm trying to make sure I got something to fall back on. Which means by the very inference, you ain't walking by faith. Listen, I'm a belt and suspenders guy, so I get it. What does that mean? It, it means that I want to make sure I got a plan for the plan, for the plan. So that way I'm never left hanging dry. Here's the danger with that, is that you will call it wisdom and God will call it fear. Somebody say, I can't hold back. That means whatever you're going to do, do it with all of you. If you're going to serve, serve with all of you. If you're going to praise, praise with all of you. Come with church with an agenda that I'm going to sweat this little outfit out. Let a praise break out. Matter of fact, I ain't even got to let a praise break out. I'll just get over in the corner and start going by my... Whatever I'm doing, I can't hold back. See, God, you may be able to fool people into thinking you're all in. But you can't fool God. So God says, I can tell that that ain't all of you. I seen what you do when all of you is in it. I seen how you act when all of you is in it. Some of y'all have people like this in your life. You saw what kind of friend they were when they were all in, and then you noticed the change. So God says, listen, if you're going to do it, do it with everything. Uh-huh. Say, Lord, I'm doing it with everything I've got. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. In other words, enlarge the tent. What does this mean? It means commit to grow as a person this year. Okay? If you think of a tent, you have the tent. Tent has the cords. The cords are now stretched out to stretch open the tent, and then the cords would then be uh, tied to a stake. That stake would be driven into the ground, right? He says, lengthen the cord. In other words, he says, listen, don't leave any slack in the line. Ooh, lay your hands on yourself. Say, I rebuke lazy. I say I rebuke slack say I rebuke half doing it because slack means you weren't willing to take the effort to pull it all the way out but then he says he says strengthen your cords strengthen your stakes he says the only way watch me you're going to live large is that you're going to have to strengthen your stake what does that mean he says you're going to have to go deep ooh watch me look at me some of us, the danger or, or, that this pray, part of the text has for us 
is that we have learned how to live very shallow lives. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So you fear going deep in anything or with anything. Because watch me, you, you, you can't trust nobody. And God says, listen, I need you to strengthen your stake. The only way to strengthen your stake is it's got to go deeper, which means you're going to have to learn how to give up your trust issues. Because can I be honest with you? If you got them with people, you probably also have them with God. And I need you to open your mouth and release this. Say, I release my trust issues. Can you let the Lord know that, watch me, not only do you trust him, but can you let him know that he can trust you? How do I let him know? Tell him. Say, Lord, I trust you. And say, in this year, you can trust me. Say, this decade, you can trust me. Yeah, because I'm getting all the way in this thing. I'm, I'm not going to quit in my head this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up in my head this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not running away this year. No. Strengthen your stakes. I'm almost done. So all of these things go into enlarging the tent. See, when you, when you go deep, when you remove slack, this means you're enlarging the tent. What does that really mean? You're committing to grow as a person. Which means, watch me, I'm not blaming the devil for me. I'm not blaming people for me. This thing is on me. And I'm leaning on God. Let's go here real quick. We've come this far by faith. Doing what? Leaning. Just lean over on your neighbor. Say, that's what I'm doing to God. Lean on him. Lean on Some of y'all didn't do it. Please follow my instructions. Just lean over. If ain't nobody next to you, lean on the chair. I'm just, I'm leaning. Leaning. What does that mean? When I ain't got the strength, he does. When I don't have the patience, he does. When I don't have the wherewithal to make it through, he does. Look, look, let's finish. Verse 3, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess. That means what you produce will possess the nations and uh, will people the desolate cities. In other words, he says, I'm telling you, you're about to live large. What you're about to produce, watch me, is going to possess nations, and it's going to uh, fill desolate cities. What does this mean for us practically? Because you're like, nations and cities, I'm just trying to get down the street. Look. Listen, what does it mean? What you produce will be so numerous Watch me, that it creates its whole ecosystem. What would happen if, watch me, if what you produce this year sets you up for the rest of your life? Y'all ain't saying that. Zuckerberg came up with one idea years ago that set him up for the rest of his life. And I need you to know the same God that can make it happen for Zuck is the same God that can make it happen for you. I need you to release this on your road. Say, I'm going to be set up for the rest of my life from what I do this year. Need y'all to hear me. I need you to get this. I know we're shouting and excited, but I got to make sure you get it too. So watch me. He says, you're about to live large, but then he starts to issue some some warnings to them. So look at the warnings. Verse 4, look at the warnings. Fear not. What does that mean? Prepare for scary. Here's what I've learned with God, is that if it ain't scary, it ain't spiritual. Shut up. I don't mean that literally. It's a figure of speech. If it's not scary, it's not very spiritual. Because God doesn't specialize in stuff that's cute and convenient. See, too many of y'all want convenient faith, but the truth be told, ain't nothing about your life ever been convenient. 
Come here, let's go here for a minute. All your life, you had to fight. You dealt with obstacles, but you beat them. You dealt with challenges, but you beat them. You dealt with suicide, but you beat it. You dealt with anxiety, but you beat it. You dealt with depression, but you beat it. You dealt with family issues, but you beat it. You dealt with generational curses, but you beat it. So why now you want it to be convenient? <laughs> ain't nothing about your existence being convenient. Being a curse breaker ain't a life of convenience. Being a curse breaker is a life of inconvenience. But like King Joffrey Jafar said, you have been inconvenienced and we are prepared to compensate you. Would you touch your neighbor and say, God's about to pay you for all of your inconvenience? Wrong neighbor because they didn't shout. Go to somebody else. Say, God's about to pay you back for all of your inconvenience. You didn't go to school because you had those kids. I'm about to pay you back. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You didn't get the job because of what you were going through. I'm about to pay you. You have been inconvenienced. And I'm about to pay you back. God never lets them inconvenience you unless he want to pay you for it. He says, fear not. That means it's going to be scary at first. For you will not be ashamed. That means prepare to feel embarrassed. <laughs> Peter getting out there walking on that water. One, you know he's fearful. Because he's Pete. He's arrogant. And arrogant people are always scared people. The arrogance is a way to shield from you seeing their fear. All right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, and so I don't have time to say it, but get your tape. Or the CD. Or the podcast. Thank you. See, all things new. Watch, watch. Um, uh, Peter, walking on that water, gets on that water. You know he's scared because he's arrogant. Arrogant people cover their fear with arrogance. And while he's walking on that water, you know he feels like he's going to be embarrassed. And he's already arrogant, so the worst thing to do to an arrogant man is feel like he's going to be embarrassed. Look at me. God says, I need you to prepare to feel afraid, and I need you to prepare to feel ashamed. You won't be, but for a moment, you're going to feel it. Look at me. Don't confuse what you feel with what's real. That's tweetable. That's Instagram storyable. Don't confuse what you feel with what's real. See, you can feel like it's the end, and then, watch me, you just needed to eat. You ever been feeling awful, just mad at the world, and just thinking all kind of crazy thoughts? Then you sat down and eat, and you're like, you know what, God, forgive me. I just needed some water and a good meal. Look, for you will not be disgraced. Look at me. He says, prepare to feel like you have no favor. Disgrace. Lack of favor. He says, prepare to, prepare to feel like I'm favoring everybody but you. Let's have some real conversation. See, the issue many people have is that, look at me, is that, their issue with you is that when they look at you, they feel like God has favored you more than them. And some of your issue with people is that you feel like God has favored them more than he's favored you. But stop. Number one, you don't know what they paid for that favor. Because God's love is free. Greatness and favor have a fee. But number two, you're comparing yourself to somebody else. See, you don't need the same level of favor I do if you're not called to do what I'm called to do. Which means I can't judge your favor and my favor because watch this. Favor means preferential treatment. You don't need preferential treatment, uh, watch this, on an airplane if you're driving it where you're going. 
But if you're comparing your favor to my favor, you'll get caught up in the comparison trap and you'll think something's wrong with you when it's not. You just got different favor than your neighbor. Oh, you just got different favor than your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, I got different favor than you. Say, but we both have it. He says, but you need to, when you live in Lawrence, he says, you need to prepare to feel unfavored. You need to prepare to feel like you were left alone and I didn't pay no attention to you. He says, you're going to forget the shame of your youth. What does that mean? When you didn't know better and you didn't do better, he said, you made some mistakes. And he says, you carry that, which is why you still have some fear and shame and conf uh, uh, being confounded today. See, to be confounded means that it looks like the opposite is happening. So it's confusing. So I'm living large, but then it, for a moment, it's going to look like you're downsizing. I'm living large for a moment. It's going to look like you ain't living. I need you to be okay when it doesn't look like what you spoke. I need you to be okay when it doesn't look like what you prayed. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Because we walk by, not by, when what you're looking at it for anyhow. For you to forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood, that, uh, 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 you will remember no more. Reproach means disappointment. He says, you've been disappointed. Anybody in the room been disappointed? Anybody online been disappointed? Just do the hand wave emoji if you're online. We've all been disappointed. What does that mean? I had an expectation. That expectation wasn't met. He said, listen, you're going to forget that. Come on. Because what's about to happen is going to be so large that it makes you forget what has already happened. Did you catch that? He says, of your widowhood. Widows had to wear certain garments to indicate that they were grieving. Let's go for a minute. And some of you, you have literally been wearing the clothes of a widow for what had to die. What do you mean been wearing the clothes? See, you thought you were doing a good job of making nobody know. But you had them clothes on. You ever looked at a friend? And they came out, and you were like, what you going through? Everything all right? And they're like, what are you talking about? But just the way you came out the house, I just, you don't normally come out the house like this. I'm concerned. Everything all right? Let's pray. How about Shanta? And some of you, you've been wearing your shame. It's in your shoulders. You don't even square them no more. Y'all ain't said nothing. Ooh. But let's release this by faith. Say, I'm going into the dressing room. Say, I'm changing into celebration clothes. Why? Verse 1 told you why. It's about to be a new song because we're about to have a party. A widow had to wear a veil. What's a veil? It keeps you from seeing clearly. It keeps you from being seen clearly. For some of you, favor couldn't find you because it couldn't recognize you in your widow's clothes. Shut up. That's... Favor can't find you if, if you don't have to look. See, in the Bible, when you were unclean, you had to dress unclean. You had to look unclean so everybody could look at you and then call you out based on your issue. So a widow had a veil on, so the widow couldn't be seen and couldn't see properly. So watch me. Remember, this widow refers to you and I. Can I ask you a question? How long you going to mourn what had to die? How long you going to mourn what didn't work out? 
You, you better learn how to get up and keep it moving. Somebody say, I got to keep it moving. Because watch this. When favor tries to find you, it ain't coming to look for a widow because a widow is in grief. When favor comes to find you, favor's going to be looking for somebody that's making it happen, that's singing a new song. Favor's looking for your song. Let's talk. Favor's looking for you to have some new confessions on your mouth, not your grief. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? The Lord of hosts is his name. That means God is fighting for you. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth, he is called. Verse 6, for the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit. Like a wife of youth when she's cast off. That means you unwant, feel unwanted and rejected by something or someone. And whenever you're dealing with that, you go into grief. Didn't we learn that at the end of our last series? Here's the problem. You can't live there anymore. It won't have you. Your Airbnb was only for one night and it's over. Somebody say, it's over the way it was. And say, and I'm good with that. Seal that with worship right there. Go, seal it, seal it, seal it. Come on, 1115. Come on, come on, come on. If you're online, seal it with worship. Seal it. Come on. All right, watch me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Verse 7, for a brief moment, I deserted you. Now, look at me. It's not that God walked away from you. It's not that God walked away from you. It's that God was having a conversation with you in the room. Listen, so sing a new song. Break forth. God's giving you these instructions, and you're like, mm. while God's talking, you walk out the room. Stay over here with me, cameraman. See, you're not in the scene when you walk off. So, so some of you are like, I just don't know why ain't nothing happening for you. You ain't in the camera shot. You ain't where you're supposed to be. And since you're not where you're supposed to be, God's like, listen, I can't give it to you over there. So the reason you feel deserted is not because I moved. You moved. And he said, for a minute, I let you do your thing. For a minute, I was like, if you're going to sit up and complain all day, then go on and do it then, darling. Go on and complain. If you're going to sit up and be sad all day, go on and do it then, darling. Go on and be sad. But you sit next to somebody that made a decision today. Up, oh, living large, 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 living large. Everybody open your mouth, Sam, living large. Look, he says, for a brief moment, you walked away from me. He says, I deserted you because that's how we treat God. We treat him like he walked away. And God is like, I didn't move. I literally stayed in the same place I was last time, in my word. Mm. You wanted to go try to do it outside of my word. And I let you leave. Mm, I didn't come get all that. But, but look, he says, but with great compassion, I'm coming to get you. I don't care where you're at this morning. Somebody say, he's on the way to get me. Matter of fact, say, he already in here. Mm-hmm. I don't care how low you felt, how discouraged you felt, how unfocused you felt. I made it tell you God's coming to get you today. Somebody say he's coming to gather me. So let's finish this word. Verse 8. An overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you. Now again, it's not that God moved. You did. So when you decided to walk out and do your own thing, God said, all right, fine. I won't let you see me. Because I'm not coming to play peekaboo with you. Come here. I'm not playing, please, thank you. 
I, I said, so here's this. So you walked out the room. You walked out the room. Okay, this is right over there. Step, uh, stay in the light, Caroline. Right there. Here's what we want God to do with us. Psst, I'm over here. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. God is like, I didn't do that with you this year. I'm standing right where I was. I said what I said, and it is what it is. He says, so for a moment, I said, I'm not doing that. But look what he says. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Look what he said. He said, you know what? I'm not even going to let you waste another month. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Touch your neighbor and say, he's not going to let you waste any more time. Say, he's coming to snatch you up. Verse 9. This is like the days of Noah to me. Let's finish. It's like the days of Noah to me. What does that mean? Something new. See, the Bible says in Genesis that the, the mist came up from the earth and that it watered the garden. And now all of a sudden in Genesis, uh, with Noah, he says it's going to rain and, and, and Noah's building a boat. Noah, Noah, look at me. Noah's building an ark, which is a big boat. Say a big boat. Big boat. Noah is preparing to live large for something he's never seen. So in this verse, God says, it's like the days of Noah to me. You're preparing for something, watch this, that you don't even know how you're going to possess. But watch this. But I'm getting my, watch me. But you're getting your credit together. But you're getting your exercise together. Come on, y'all. You're getting your studies together. You're getting in your word like you never, why? Because I'm growing as a person. I'm growing as a person, which means I'm learning to let stuff roll off on me. I'm not, I'm not internalizing everything anymore. I'm not getting upset about everything anymore. I'm not so clickable where all somebody got to do is push me and they push my butt. Somebody say, I'm growing as a person. I'm preparing to live large for something I've never seen before. And God says, I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. God says, you should be in timeout for what you did. And see, I think sometimes timeout might be worse than a whooping. Because a whooping, boom, you get, you know, you get your discipline for a few moments and then you holler and scream and then it's over. Timeout, watch me, here's the torture. I got to hear other people having a good time. I got to hear other people having a good time. <laughs> Eat nice cream. You clearly know something about that. I got to hear other people having a good time. Watch me, but I can't move. I hear other people celebrating, but I can't move. Here's what God says. God says, I should put you in timeout, but I'm not. God says, because I don't have any time to waste. Because these last seven are going to be your best seven. You better hear me. Last seven, what? Seven months of this year? Y'all, we already three months into this thing. Say the last seven months are going to be the best seven months. Oh, excuse me, not seven. How many is it? Eight, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> that's all right but the last seven gonna be the best seven that's good cool. let's get the confession right say the last nine <laughs> gonna be the best nine I was thinking ten verses I can count I really can <laughs> what did you just teach me bishop how to fix your confession when you said it wrong mm. Just because you started speaking negative don't mean you got to stay there. The moment you hear yourself saying, say, oh, wait a minute, I cancel what I just said, and I got to get this. Touch your name and say, get your confession right quickly. C. 
So I sworn I ain't going to be angry with you. I ain't putting you in time out. I'm not going to rebuke you. All right? Look at this. Verse 10. The mountains going to depart. The hills will be removed. My steadfast love is going to be with you. For my covenant of peace. Here it is. Shalom. It says, it shall what? Not be removed. What is living large? Shalom and success. It's my covenant of living large shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on me. Say, it's for me. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I want to close it right here. In the next series of verses, from 11 through the end of the chapter, you see a very familiar scripture. It talks about no weapon is formed against you would prosper. And I need you to hear me. Part of living large means that you prepare for war. Because if the weapons formed, you hear me? If the weapons form, I got to make sure I'm ready. But here's the deal. Somebody holler, it's not going to work. Say it again. Say, it's not going to work. Anybody got some weapons that have been formed against you, some stuff coming against you, some stuff that's trying to stop you and block you? I need you to open up your mouth and just release this. Say, it's not going to work. And say, on Wednesday, I'll learn how to stop it. I'm out of time. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means, that not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations.
Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.